And so here we are again, Julian, for the Two Guys on Fitness podcast. Best podcast ever. I like to think that we've got some game. So, Alan, guess what the topic of today's show is? Is it bread and how much you can eat before you bloat up like a balloon? No. Oh, okay. In that case, is it about the difference between sitting on a weight bench and looking at your Facebook messages and actually using the weight bench to lift some weight? No, Alan. Uh, the topic of today's show is exercise, and during the show, we are actually doing some. Hmm. Somehow I thought this day would come, and you know what, Julian? I am actually prepared to sweat a little bit in the name of two guys on fitness. So are you ready to get started? Play the music. Hi, this is Two Guys on Fitness with me, Julien Berterat, personal trainer. And with me, Alan Teresa, not so much a personal trainer, coming to you all the way from London, England, where each month we cover the gym and fitness topics of interest to gym guys everywhere. Professional gym guys like me. And not so professional gym guys just like me. So what are we stretching our muscles over this month, professional gym guy? Yes, Alan, this month we're going to talk about the chest press machine, one of the main exercises for the chest workout. We will be giving you advice about it, how to perform it, and how to structure your workout around this exercise. Yeah, and the idea here is that we're going to be focusing on a number of exercises so that you can build up your own effective exercise routine at the gym and know what you're doing when you perform exercises for different parts of the body. Plus, you will be able to see the video of the exercise on Two Guys on Fitness website because it's very important to visualize an exercise after talking about it. It's good to see how to do the exercise properly. Yeah, that's right. So um, I'm going to be actually doing the exercise. Uh, so you might hear me uh, groaning a little bit when we do that. Uh, and if you want to actually see the exercise visually, step by step, you'll be able to see Julian doing it. Um, and so then you'll have both the exercise in front of your eyes and in your ears. And later in the show, I will be looking at the benefit of deep tissue massage for guys who work out and what it can do for you if you exercise regularly in the gym. Plus, later on in Supplement of the Month, I'll be giving feedback on my experience of taking ZMA for the past four weeks. And Julian will also be starting his guinea pig trial when he takes creatine. Uh, I think it's for the first time, isn't it? You've never taken creatine. That's right. I heard about it, but I never use it really. So then Julian will start his trial of creatine and we'll see how he gets on with that. Um, though, first of all, I'm going to give some feedback on what happened when I took ZMA and uh, whether indeed it helped me in any way when I was exercising. And at the end of the show, we'll be answering your questions about exercise and working out. Uh, we will indeed, and it's a packed show, so let's get started. So, essential exercise, chest press machine. This is one of the key exercises to work out your chest. This month, I put Alan through the chest press workout, so let's see what he learned. Hi guys, so here we are at Jubilee Hall. We are on the gym floor with Alan. And today we try to work out your chest. Um, there's many ways to work out your chest, but we start today with the chest press. It's an easy machine to start working your chest. So here, a couple of things to uh, bear in mind when you do this exercise. It's you want to keep your shoulders down, pop up your chest out, and slightly arch your lower back. All that is in order to only use your chest. So here we go, Alan, let's do it. Right, here we go, here we go. Yeah, that's there. Keep your chest out when you perform. That's cool. Okay. Two more reps. One more reps. 
That's it. Okay. Okay. Done? Done. So now we, we are talking about the technique. Now let's talk about the structure of your workout. Okay, that's important. So when you start, let's try to find like two sets to perform two sets of 10 reps. Slow pace, slow motion. You are trying to experiment a new process. So all you want to feel is your chest, nothing else. So for that, two set of 10 reps and maybe like 10-15 second break in between. And then you move on from that exercise. So here we are, set number two. Let's do it, Alain. Okay. 10 reps. Okay, and one. That's cool. Two, slow down. Three, four, five, six, seven. Cool. Eight, cool. Nine, and hold up here a bit, that's it, 10, and slow, that's it, done. Okay, well done, just one question, important to me, where do you feel? There, my chest. Okay, so that's the answer you want to answer when you're a trainer, we are here to work chest, you use your chest, you feel your chest, that's all. Thank you. Okay, so that's me at Jubilee Hall with Julian. Uh, being forced to uh, work a little bit on the chest press machine. So tell me, Julian, first question here, when you use this kind of equipment, how much weight should you be using typically and how much is too much? Well, that's one of the main questions people ask uh, me over the year. You need to stress out the muscle. So basically, at the first set, especially when you don't know the machine, I will recall like small amount of weight but a long reps. So like we talk about 15 reps, okay. And the last two free reps should be demanding. That's how it works. If you finish the set and you feel like you can do five or 10 more, that means you need to add some more weight. And typically if uh, you want to work out your chest, you want to get your chest bigger, uh, stronger, how many times should you be exercising it on this kind of machine or if you use free weights on a weekly basis? It's uh, in fitness, your body, uh, we talk uh, through body part. So you got three big group muscles, chest, legs, and back. That means you need few more exercise and little body parts such as shoulders and arms to cover every muscle. For chest, I will say it will be useful to do four exercise and um, three set of 10 reps, for example. You can proceed by combo as well. Something like pick fly, you know, then press up on the floor. That would be an idea. But four exercise should be enough to cover every muscle for your chest. So how many days a week to focus on your chest if you want to get your chest bigger? Well, potentially you can do twice a week. So basically I will start with a Monday chest bicep workout. And then towards the end of the week, let's say Friday or Thursday, you can repeat some exercise, but in changing slightly uh, the type of the exercise. So for example, if you did not target the lower chest on Monday, maybe you can include a cable crossover or decline bench press on the Friday. Yeah, I must admit, I love the cable uh, workout. I'm a Huge fan of the machines. And also, just to uh, reiterate, if you want to see any of these essential exercises um, and to see what you're doing, as well as, you know, hearing some advice, go over to the Two Guys on Fitness website, where you'll be able to see a video accompanying each episode where essential exercise is featured. Let me ask you a question, Julian, as a personal trainer. Um, in your experience, what is the body part that guys want to develop the most? What's the thing in your experience that guys are most interested in improving? Well, yeah, it's a no-brainer. It's clearly chest and arms. 
So why that? Probably because that's the muscle you can see in the mirror. Uh, sadly, it is not the most important part. Uh, as a rugby man, I will say legs are essential because, first of all, and it's easy to understand, they carry your body, but also because they are the biggest group muscle in your body. So that the best way as a, in training your legs, you are burning the most calories you can. So yeah, to sum up all that, it's good to work out every muscle in your body. So chest, arms, yes, but not, do not forget back and also legs, obviously. Uh, what is known as a full body workout, I think. Yes, of course. It's full body workout. It's, um, uh, it's kind of a smart training because it's efficient. And in one hour, you can cover everything in your body. Cool. And uh, what we'll be doing as uh, we move forward with the uh, podcast is we'll be featuring different essential exercises along the way. So look out and actually listen out for those in the months ahead. Today's show is brought to you by the Blue 20 Salon. Interested in professional hairstyling, grooming or expert beauty treatments for both men and women in the heart of Covent Garden Piazza? Then check out Blue 20, which is also offering a 20% discount for all new clients on their first booking. Find out more at ianelder.co.uk or telephone 07958 44582 to make an appointment with the Blue 20 Salon. Now, each month on Two Guys on Fitness, we take a look at the popular supplements that guys take when they work out to see if they have any positive effect and also any drawbacks. So last month, Alan took ZMA. A little reminder about it. It's supposed to help you to recover faster, to improve your sleep, and also to improve your sex life. Yeah, yes, indeed. There is the whole libido uh, element to ZMA. So uh, since the last episode, I've been taking ZMA. And just to give you a little overview, what you do with um, the supplement, well, what I did basically, is you take three uh, capsules before you go to bed every day. And the three capsules at the end of the day are supposed to help you, as uh, you touched upon earlier, sleep better and to recover from exercising in the gym. And there's also the anecdotal um, suggestion that ZMA also improves your libido. So the first thing to say is the actual capsules are huge. They're basically, uh, the ones I took are like horse pills and they taste of cardboard. So after a couple of days of taking them, uh, I wasn't exactly looking forward to popping those three horse pills before I got my head down on the pillow. But for the sake of science and for the guys listening to two guys on fitness, I did the decent thing. Did it do anything? Okay, I'm a month in. I have to say, generally, I don't sleep very well. I'm a very light sleeper. I tend to get about five, four to five or six hours sleep a night on average. And I have to say, actually, that I think it did improve my sleep. I did sleep better when I was taking the ZMA. And also the interesting thing is I dreamed uh, a lot more than I thought I did beforehand. So on the whole sleep level, I think it did help. With the recovery, yeah, I was pretty smooth in terms of how I felt and recovered during the month. So it may have had something to help uh, in that regard. And where libido is concerned, here's the thing, Julian. I don't know about you, but when I work out afterwards, I tend to feel very, uh, I'm going to use the term energetic uh, anyway. And with the ZMA, did it contribute to me feeling even more um, energetic than usual? Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. But I think if you exercise, you feel more um, full of 
uh, je de vivre, I believe you would say, Julian. So it's difficult to say. So in summary, ZMA, yeah, I slept better, I recovered okay, and my libido is as strong as it ever was. And uh, also, if you want to have a go, Julian, I actually have a couple of the capsules left if you feel your libido needs improving. All right, thank you, Alan. I'm okay with that. I'm not a big fan of, um, of, uh, of taking pills, but obviously I am regarding your, your feedback, quite positive. Um, I might give it a go. Yeah, I'm going to stop shaking the uh, ZMA uh, capsules now because that actually might put you off taking them. But um, you can have what's left of mine, if you wish. Oh, thank you, Alan. <laughs> no problem. Okay, so <laughs> this month, I believe you're going to be our little guinea pig. Have you heard of creatine? Yes, Alan. It's a workout ad. It is indeed, Julian. Now here comes the science on creatine. Okay, basically, it's a nitrogenous organic acid whose main role is to facilitate the recycling of adenosine triphosphate. <laughs> how, how did that go? That went really well, didn't it? Uh, which is otherwise known as the energy currency of the cell, primarily found in muscle and brain tissue, and it's believed to enhance muscle mass and to help athletes achieve bursts of strength. And something tells me that the last part of that sentence will be of most interest to guys who work out in the gym. Okay, so here's my opinion about creatine. I will quote a paragraph uh, in a book called Food Rules from Michael Pollan. It's um, basically what he's saying is about supplements such as um, creatine. It's, it's not a bad thing. It's just unnecessary. So... Here's a statement, basically, uh, you should behave like somebody who will take creatine or protein shake or any other supplement. And basically being healthily conscious, that's the thing. You need to think about your health all the time. When you train, what you're going to eat, and it's part of a lifestyle and a mindset. So that's all I'm going to say here. But isn't this guy's uh, thing in the book that you should imagine you're taking these kind of supplements? and work out but not actually take supplements in the first place it's all about mental conditioning isn't that what he talks about in the book that that's the key principle that if you turn your body on to acting in a certain way it will do so regardless of the chemicals you put in yeah it's about that it's about when you train it's a mindset it's uh you need to find a way to turn on your body your mind in um a workout um process it's uh you can take pills, whatever it is. It won't help you to go out and find some motivation. The motivation comes from you and your, your very own purpose. Why are you training and, uh, and all that? Yeah, I tend to agree with the key principle there. Though all this talk about turning on your mind and your body sort of takes us back to the whole libido thing, which I'm desperate to uh, avoid talking about anymore. So you're going to take creatine. You're going to report back on how you got on in a month's time and uh, let us know what happened. Yeah, I will. Uh, absolutely. I will give you my feedback uh, for the next episode and, uh, and see how I feel. Fantastico. Hey, Alan, what do you like to do after a good workout? Well, generally, if uh, I'm not doing anything, I like to fall asleep on the sofa uh, for a while and then wake up and have something to eat. What about you? Well, generally, I like to go on a cardio machine such as rowing or bike and cool down over five minutes, you know, like a slow intensity to basically full rest. Also, uh, sometimes I like to have a, a massage. Do you know what, Julian? I have never in my life had a massage. 
Well, you don't know what you're missing, Ellen. So this month, I put myself in the end of Jana from uh, Fabulous Relaxer. So let's see what happened. Hi, guys. Uh, so I'm here with Jana and I'm about getting a massage. Uh, Jana, which massage do you think I should have? For you, I think it's going to be deep tissue today since your muscles are really tense and you work out a lot. So deep tissue will help you to release and, you know, to loosen up all the muscles. Okay, let's go then. Can you please face down for me? Lie on your stomach. Thank you. So what I'm going to do is start with the um, L-Fassage, which is like a really light stroke. And then once I warm up the muscle, then I will start with more pressure on your body. I'm just going to get a bit of My first question is, why do you decide to become a massage therapist? Well, once I went um, for a massage treatment due to a very stressful time, which I was going through, and it really helped me a lot physically and emotionally. It made me realize that it's a beautiful job to have through which I can help so much to other people with their health and well-being. Then one day I just applied for a course at Richdale Institute, and today I run my own business called Fabulous Relaxer. Basically, I'm a weekend therapist and I work on Saturdays and Sundays. But if the clients would like to book a session with me during the week, that is also possible. What are the benefits of massage for people who work out in the gym? Basically, um, I'm a physically active person myself and I look after my body very well. And I like to go for massage treatment at least twice a week. It all depends on my financial affordability. So I think this applies to everyone. But uh, my answer would be that a massage is really good to keep the muscles in good conditions. It um, relieves the muscle tension and reduces soreness, increase your flexibility and it promotes the growth of new mitochondria, the energy-producing units in the cells, which means that the massage can help pain relief, build muscles, and also um, encourage recovery of the muscles. It also makes you feel better mentally. It's a cortisol reduce and a stress reliever. This will help you to stay more focused on your fitness goals. Why should you not have a massage when you suffer fever or cold? If you have a fever, you basically have a virus in your body and by getting a massage treatment, this virus was spread into your bloodstream. So it's, uh, that's why you should not have a treatment while you suffer from a fever or cold. And how often would you recommend to your clients to have a massage? Ideally, I would recommend one per week or twice per month to keep your muscle tissue in a good condition. How many massages can you perform in a day? I personally prefer quality over quantity. I used to perform six or seven per day when I was working at the massage spa. However, like since I've been running my own practice, I'll try to do maximum four per day. And I also make sure that I have 15 minutes break between each client. It's um, good for the massage therapists and all massage therapists should not burn themselves out by doing a lot of massages because then they do, don't provide that service which the clients deserve. Does massage have to be painful to do any good? When massage hurts, it is an indicator that the tissue being massaged is not totally healthy. And in, in this instance, massage will definitely help. 
I can say that deep tissue massage usually does hurt, but I always make sure that my client feels comfortable with the pressure which I use. If the client is dehydrated, then he's more sensitive to pressure and therefore I will adapt to my client's needs. There is difference between Swedish and deep tissue, but Swedish massage is a relaxing type of a massage where hardly any pressure is required and is not painful at all. How much does a typical massage cost? The prices may vary. Um, it all depends on what type of massage you are providing and which clinic, where the clinic is based. I think the going rate in Covent Garden is roughly uh, between 50 to 75 pounds per hour and I charge 55 pounds per hour, which I think is a reasonable price. And finally, my, my last, uh, last question, uh, where people can find out more? I've got my own website, so you can um, find me on, um, information more on my website, which is www.fabulousrelaxer.co.uk, or you can contact me um, by telephone on 0749039979. Okay, thank you. I feel much more relaxed, and, uh, and I, uh, I wish you all the best, and uh, have a good day. Bye. And so as you say goodbye to Jana, and she very politely says goodbye to you, Julian, here's my first question. Jana talks there about the deep tissue massage, which we've already mentioned a couple of times. What exactly is a deep tissue massage? Well, I would say it's um, compared to a normal massage, deep tissue is a little bit further on. So basically it's harder. She's going to go harder on your muscle in order to basically remove the toxin out of your muscle. You can call it like a sport massage too as well. It's very similar. Which I think uh, in a lot of people's minds is going to conjure up images of pain and endurance. Is it uncomfortable to have a deep tissue massage? It can be. It depends which part. I think for people, it's always hard when it comes to the legs and, and your calf. I would say on the back, I don't think it's that. It can be painful, but it's quite relaxing. You know, everybody needs to relax their shoulders and their back. Legs is a little bit more tense for people in general. And what exactly is the benefit for guys if they lift weights in the gym, for example, and they choose to have a deep tissue massage? What are they going to get out of it apart from possibly feeling, you know, more relaxed at the end? Well, you say the word, it's about being more relaxed because uh, just to remind you, when, when you go uh, over a workout, what you do essentially is to put pressure on your joints and all over your body. You tense your body constantly to lift weight. If you are lifting heavy weight, it's even worse. And basically the massage is just a moment where you can completely relax and you do nothing. It's Jana, for example, who is going to do something to your body and you can let it go. And of course, the rest part is essential when you do a workout uh, process thing. And how often do you typically have a deep tissue massage? I have a massage every three months. And how regularly do you think guys should get a massage themselves? Do you think three months is okay or do you think they should, you know, schedule it in uh, on a monthly basis, for example? I would say if you can afford it, I would say once a month. It's kind of nice to every month to relax uh, your whole body. You mentioned budget there. Typically, how long does a deep tissue massage last and how much would it cost? Well, it's an hour and it costs you £55. And uh, what do you think is more important generally? To regularly have a massage or to regularly stretch after a workout? It depends on the intensity of your workout. After a light workout, I would say simple stretch should be enough. 
after a long and hard workout, maybe you would like to, you know, go for a deep tissue massage, especially if you feel sore and if you have issue to, I don't know, if you've done your legs, if you have issue to walk. Well, obviously, maybe you deserve a, um, a deep tissue massage. And if you are interested in finding out more, check out fabulousrelaxer.co.uk. So each month we take questions to the twoguysonfitness.com and julianbertherat.com websites from guys about their workout and their diet. And we do our very best to answer those questions. Is that not the case, Julian? Oh, yes, it is. And so it is. So, okay, first up we have, let me just have a little look here. What have we got? Okay, uh, got a email here from Christian in Hamburg who writes to us via twoguysonfitness.com to say, I'm a busy father of two girls and my wife has just had a third baby, a boy. I'm in my mid-30s and want to keep my fitness up and my weight down in a way that does not take away time from my family. What do I do? Uh, Julian, I'm going to cue you up for this. What does Christian do? What are his options? Well, there's always options. So one of the options is if you have time somehow to go to the gym, break down your workout to a little workout. So 20 minutes should be enough. Um, it's the same to, the, to your wife, by the way. Uh, 20 minutes every day of moderate exercise is good enough. This uh, kind of um, type of workout is back up on the NHS website. And yeah, it's, it's just like make sure that every day, 20 minutes, a bit of run, a bit of abs, a bit of bodyweight exercise, something moderate, but regular and consistent. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? When, uh, you know, you, you have limited time and also with it limited energy. I think it's really about setting priorities, isn't it? If you want to uh, keep your weight down, keep your fitness levels up, then you have to focus on your diet as well as a core set of exercises to actually maintain your level of fitness. Now, Julian, you are the king of running, and I believe that is an official title. Uh, is running important in this kind of exercise if your time is squeezed? You know, should you inject regular running every other day, for example, or every third day? Does that really help guys if they have limited time to get to the gym? Yeah, I think it does, because especially if you're at home and you are like three or four, you know, the whole family all together, you might want your own space. And, you know, the street outside the park give you that freedom, space and, and mind as well. When you run, it's the perfect time to relax, release and uh, be on your own and maybe sometimes think about nothing. Yeah, I respect that. Um, I tend to fall into the group of people who find running to be the work of Beelzebub. Uh, but, you know, I appreciate that um, it does have a role to play. Okay, uh, so I hope that's helpful, Christian. And uh, what have you got up next, Julian? Yes, next up, I've got a question from Ed, who does not give in location. Mm, mysterious. But he asks, how often should I work out with weight during a week to put on serious muscle? Okay, Ed, so to, to get bigger, there is three principles, okay? First principle, lift heavy weight, enough to challenge your body, eat a calorie surplus to feed your muscle growth, and the third principle is to get enough rest between your workout, because otherwise your muscles won't have the opportunity to recover and to grow. Yeah, I think it's quite a difficult thing, isn't it, if your starting objective is to get bigger, because ultimately what you have to do is you have to dedicate yourself to that principle, which means you have to incrementally lift more and more, always making sure that you're within a safe limit as to what you can uh, lift uh, without hurting yourself, really. And at the same time, you have to eat and the eating becomes 
the core of everything you do, how regularly you eat, how much you eat, what you eat, and you will find uh, that you will be eating, you know, food out of little plastic boxes, and the food will be very much about proteins and a balance of carbs, and you will feel like you're eating forever. Uh, and the rest, having time between each workout so that the muscle fibers can regroup in a way that's different to what they were before, will become like a little oasis of calm in this kind of routine of lifting, eating, lifting, eating. But my thing is this, Julian, is it actually taking all of that into account and balancing against, you know, the kind of desire to aesthetically look bigger and or better? Is it something that is sustainable in the long run? Obviously, over the last uh, eight, nine years of doing uh, personal training, I did meet people into bodybuilding. And, well, the image I have of this uh, type of training is very demanding. And it's like a, it's a proper conception about you, your lifestyle because it's socially you push yourself uh, apart, uh, kind of. It's like a proper military uh, process, you know. Uh, the cliche things to say will be like, you know, you, we all know that guy who eats in a cafe in a Tupperware, steamer food, like most of the time chicken, the sweet potato the side and, uh, and the rice. And in a city like London, for example, where everything goes so fast, it's, uh, I think sometimes it's very hard to apply. Yeah, I interviewed a GP once about uh, healthy eating guidance. And I remember a point he made to me was that um, the principles, just as a kind of sideline, of eating healthily are pretty straightforward. The problem people have is not following the guidance. It is that after a very short while, they find the diet too monotonous too unstimulating and you know just not rewarding enough to follow and they step off and i think you know when you look at the guys who are looking to get big in the gym it just seems such a relentless grind to me and i just think it must be a life of pain and discomfort to get to an aesthetic which is about size which once you reach it then you have to constantly maintain it but my question is this that aesthetic Is it even worth really aiming for? Well, obviously, as a rugbyman, it's uh, it's not the type of workout I'm gonna follow. It's too consuming, and also it is um, an opportunity for me to remind everybody that being big doesn't mean you means you're strong. You know, it's the mix is your capacity to repeat exercise with decent weights make you a stronger and healthier person. If you need five minutes to lift again the weight, it just means it's too heavy. And I understand that there is a type of workout for that. And I understand some people want to be seen as big muscle guy. But my job also is to remind people that what is an healthy target and, uh, and you know, being healthy is to be able to do a decent cardiovascular to lift proper weight with decent technique. And um, yeah, it is about that, you know, and uh, during my career as a rugbyman, I rarely people see big and rip. It's impossible to maintain that and to be efficient on the pitch, for example. And on that note, uh, just to give you a bit of a heads up, in the next episode, we're going to be looking specifically at diet, diet and food and its relationship and how it can help uh, a really good workout. But I hope that's helpful for you, Ed. And if you want to drop us a line as you move forward with your workout program, let us know how you get on. That'd be great. And we'd be interested to hear from you. And good luck with whatever you do in the gym. And so we come to the end of another episode of Two Guys on Fitness. 
And remember, if you subscribe to us on iTunes, feel free to leave us a rating. Yeah, that's right. Five stars. Next week, Julian, something to look forward to here. We're going to be introducing a new member of the team, the Italian fitness guy, whose expertise is food, as the next episode is all about food. And the Italian fitness guy is going to be helping us in the episodes ahead with getting the facts that we need on eating well to do well in the gym. Yeah, I'm looking forward to meet these new guys and uh, let's see what you have to say. Yeah, so what with uh, me, the English guy, you, the French guy, obviously, and uh, the new Italian guy, it's all going to be a bit Eurovision on uh, the gym floor, uh, though perhaps with a little less singing and dancing. J'adore danser. Wonderful. Okay, you have been listening to me, Alan Teresa, the non-gym professional but very eager gym guy on Two Guys on Fitness. And to me, Julien Berterat, the very professional gym guy and personal trainer here on the podcast. Find out more at twoguysonfitness.com, at julianbertherat.com. You can listen to us on Stitcher, Podomatic, iTunes, and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Google+. And in the meantime, enjoy your workout.